You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co-host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. And Whistle and I are thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs. And today, we're visiting with Darlene Sullivan and Matt Rose-Close from Canine Partners for Life. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Darlene and Matt to the show. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Is the coast clear? Yes. Let's go. Are you sure they went to Petco? Where else would they go? Oopsie. Hey, calm down. I smell presents. <gasps> go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of holiday items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. Uh-oh. Step on it. Okay. Oh. Not on my tail. Pet go. Where the pets go. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. To order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Welcome to Bird's Eye View on Pet Life Radio. I am Dr. Lori Hess, here with Dr. Michelle Ravish, and we are both bird and exotic animal veterinarians. We work at the Veterinary Center for Birds and Exotics, an all-bird and exotic pet hospital in Bedford Hills, New York. And this is a show all about birds. It's a Bird's Eye View, and we hope you'll tune in soon. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Today we're going to be visiting with Darlene Sullivan and Matt Grossclose from Canine Partners for Life. Hello, Darlene and Matt, and welcome to the show. Hi, Marcy. It's great to be here. And my co-host on this end, the four-legged one, is my service dog, Ripley. Hi. How's it going? This is Matt. Hey, Matt. And a big hello to Ripley from Whistle. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And I also have to tell you guys, we have another dog visiting today, too, that's one of our staff members, Brutus, that's with us today. So we have three dogs in the studio (laughs) with us. (laughs) <laughs> the more the better. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're so excited you could be with us today to talk about Canine Partners for Life because it just seems like an awesome program. And Darlene, I know you founded it back in 1989. So can you tell us how that came to happen? Well, you know, people ask me that all the time. Um, when I was in the sixth grade, I wrote my first letter to the seeing eye at Morristown, New Jersey, and said, when I grow up, I'm going to be a guide dog trainer. Tell me what I need to do. And 
they sent a very polite letter back and said, hmm, go to college and start walking 10 miles a day. <laughs> so I started walking and I trained dogs all my life and I got my degree in special education so that I could learn the, the disability side of this business. And when the time came to actually do this 22 years ago, it seemed like the guide dog schools were actually doing a really knock-up job of keeping their waiting lists down and had things under control. But the service dog industry was, you know, really struggling at that point to produce enough dogs for all the people that, that needed them. And um, and so I decided, you know what, this is, this is where we'll go. As an animal trainer, it was exciting to me that the disabilities would be so varied. And uh, as a dog trainer, that would really keep me on my toes constantly customizing the training of the dog to each person's specific needs. And, um, you know, I probably headed into it with not quite as many business courses as I should have had under my belt, but I surrounded myself with the people who knew that side of it. And Canine Partners has done nothing but continue to grow in 22 years. Wow, that's awesome. Well, I can't believe that you knew you wanted to do this at such an early age. That's so incredible. Well, you know, as an elementary school kid, I was um, blindfolding myself and taking Bootsy, my my schnauzer poodle cross around the neighborhood, trying to see if she would guide me. It's a wonder I'm still here to talk to you today. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us, what types of dogs do you provide? Because it looks like you provide a diverse range for different types of disabilities. We do. Um, our primary focus is um, service dogs. And so most of the folks that we assist are either utilizing a wheelchair in some manner or because our harnesses are custom made here at Canine Partners, we have a really good harness um, to provide stability and support. So we find that we get a lot of applicants who are walking, but they are not walking well and they are not walking efficiently. And so they're using the dog for support. A number of years into the program, um, almost by accident, we fell into training and placing seizure alert dogs. And uh, boy, did the word get out on that pretty quickly. And so that's kind of become an area of focus for us. And recently, that has even expanded into cardiac alert dogs. The same dogs that seem to alert to seizures seem to alert to these cardiac conditions that cause people to suddenly faint. And uh, that results in concussions and injuries and things like that. And we're finding that the dogs also alert to these cardiac conditions. So those are our our primary areas of focus. We do place dogs with children age 12 and up, and we do have a home companion dog program for folks who really just need a well-trained companion in their home. We place our service dogs nationwide, but we keep the home companion dog program a little closer to home, so we're really just placing those kind of on the East Coast. I was going to say, so how do people apply to your program and, and what's your selection process? Well, the first step is uh, they get the application off of our website. I think we have one of the easier applications. It's not too tough. <laughs> and um, there's two essays on that and the doctor's note required. Um, but it's, it's not a complicated process. Once the application comes in, then we do an interview with our entire training staff. And if someone, you know, is in California and they can't get here for the interview, we can do those either via video or better yet via Skype so that we can actually see and connect with those folks as they're interviewing. Once the interview process has happened, then if um, someone looks like a, a good candidate, we have what we call graduate support classes here at Canine Partners for our graduates to come back and practice. And a lot of times we encourage the applicants to come back and join us for those classes. Think I'm trying to find out you know, what this is all about. As you know, 
you know, getting a service dog is kind of like having a baby. Um, you can read all the books and you can talk to other parents and you can do all your homework. But until that dog is a part of your life, you have no idea what you're getting into. So true. (laughs) Yeah. And so the graduate support classes kind of help them come in and talk to some other applicants, just, you know, get a better feel for what does it mean to be partnered with a dog 24 hours a day. And then folks go on the waiting list. and, And that right now is about six months to a year and a half. Wow, that's not a bad waiting list. That's really great we're, that you have that we're fast doing pretty good. Time. I would imagine after this, it'll be longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and how many people do you usually have in a class? How many do you usually accept at a time? Right. We have two classes a year, and our classes tend to range anywhere from 8 to 15 people in a class. And that's new people. So it may be successor placements also. So it may be our folks who have gotten a dog from us before, retired that dog or lost that dog and are coming back for a successor. Right. Well, I love that you engage your other graduates. That's such a great idea to have them come back and and participate. And I'm sure it's a great refresher for them, as well as what the insight that they can share with the new folks. That's a great partnership. It works out really well. And it's good for them to come back and practice too, you know, and um, there's so much we can learn from them. And as you know, I mean, you're constantly training and you're constantly addressing new issues. And so keeping fresh on that can be a challenge if you don't make a conscious effort to do it. Yeah. And so tell me about the cost and financially, because I know that's always what people want to know is how much does it cost? Do they have to pay to travel to come to your facility? Do they have to pay for the dogs? How does that work? Absolutely. What we do is we request a donation from each applicant between one and $3,000, depending on their income. We would not deny someone who could not make that donation, and we'd look pretty closely at their finances just to make sure they will be able to support their dog. During team training, we do provide volunteer housing through a program called Hosts for Hospitals, so people can stay for free when they come here. Their travel expenses to canine partners are their responsibility. They can stay for free at Hosts for Hospitals, or if they choose, they can choose to pay for a hotel, and some of them commute. Some of them are local enough to do that. Those folks who need a personal care attendant, that is their responsibility, paying the expenses for the personal care attendant during their time here. Yeah, that's great. And you have an amazing facility. Can you tell us about that and about the uniqueness of where you guys are housed? Yeah, well, we are in rural Pennsylvania, but we, you know, in an hour, we can get to Baltimore and we can get to Philadelphia and we can get to Wilmington, Delaware, and in two hours, we can be in New York City. But we have, uh, you know, we have cows and geese that stop us from getting in our driveway each day uh, as they are strolling across the road. So we are kind of rural. We have a 45-acre campus, which we're real proud of because it's just beautiful Chester County farmland out here. We have on that campus, we have an office building, a training center, a kennel. And then one of our staff members actually has a small home at the bottom of the property. She's our emergency weather person because when it blizzards here, none of us can get in to take care of the dogs. So that's oh, that's perfect. When did you guys um, move into your this, this 45-acre farm? This was, I guess it was about 13 years ago. The, the first eight and a half so years was Canine Partners ran out of my home, which is typical for a lot of service dog organizations. You know, they get started in somebody's home and then they eventually grow out of the home and you have to move on out and get your, get your own piece of property. Yeah, I bet. I mean, with all of these dogs. And so the dogs are on site and do you breed the dogs for the program? 
We do have a small breeding program. We're breeding some Labradors ourselves, but we also have breeders who donate. And we have, uh, actually, in the kennel right now, we have a number of shelter dogs that we're using. So we try to keep some variety in our mix, and that works well for us. Oh, that's wonderful. And where do you get the shelter dogs, and how do you get them? Lately, it's not been so much just showing up at the SPCA. We've been working through several select rescue programs that are willing to work closely with us and You know, they've done the evaluations on the dogs, and they have a pretty good feel for who these dogs are before we try to incorporate them into the training program. And that's working well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I know. I I love it when shelter dogs are used, but I I certainly understand the requirements of assistance dogs. And sometimes that can be really hard when you don't know their background and, and don't know their physical capabilities. How do you test those dogs to make sure that they will be successful? The trainers have an entire behavioral intelligence test that they run the dogs through initially. Then the dogs come into the program. We do a pen hip evaluation on them. We do a lot of veterinary screening. And then we just start putting them in and seeing how they do. You know, <laughs> let's, let's test it. My first service dog was from um, the Chester County SPCA. Um, he worked with me for nine years, and he was fantastic. And Ripley was donated by a breeder in Virginia. So I I've had both sides, and and both have been great dogs and great partners for me. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. I love the whole concept of the shelter dogs. I just think that is so phenomenal on so many levels. You are right. You are correct in that it's harder to do it that way. And um, what I'm finding is Canine Partners Gets Older, we used to be able to find more quality dogs in the shelters, and that's getting to be harder to do, and I think... A lot of that is because our spay-neuter laws, they must be working, you know. The message is getting out, and I think people are spaying and neutering their animals, and there aren't as many dogs in the shelters that would be suitable for this kind of work. Yeah. Which is a little and, rough for us, but it's good for the dogs. <laughs> and do you use puppy raisers? We do use puppy raisers. We have about half of our puppies are being raised by community raisers, and the other half are being raised in our prison puppy raising program. Oh, great. Wow. Can you tell us more about the prison program? We are working in a number of prisons in Pennsylvania, four prisons in Pennsylvania, and two in Maryland, um, men's and women's prisons. The puppies are placed, there's usually four to five puppies in each prison, and they are raised by two carefully selected inmates right in their cell, and they are with them 24 hours a day, just like they would be with a community puppy raiser, learning all their basics. And it has been a fantastic program. Ripley was actually raised in a women's prison um, in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And she came into our program with phenomenal skills. That's excellent. Again, it's just really maximizing. I love that when programs really maximize, not only are you serving your clients and people with disabilities, but when you can take shelter dogs, when you can utilize prison programs, it just really maximizes the benefits for so many people and, and beings. That's just so inspiring. I love that. Thank you. We really do try. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. And we're going to come back and continue visiting with Darlene. And we're going to give Matt a chance to share something with us. I promise, Matt, in our next 15 minutes. So please come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. 
It's the holidays at PetSmart, so come one and all. There are hundreds of gifts for pets big and pets small. Toys only at PetSmart so special and new. They'll love the gifts. You'll love the value. Hurry to PetSmart today for your very best friend and save 30 to 50% before the holiday ends. The holidays are just around the corner. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. So shop early and save money. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. I play tennis because I love to. But inside, I want to win. Take away the court, the net. I might not be a player, but I'll always be a competitor. Lady Foot Locker understands that. Lady Foot Locker, the first to carry Adidas off-court shoes and the gear that goes with them. If you play your best, there's no regret. Lady Foot Locker, one place, every woman. Go to LadyFootLocker.com and enter the code AFWRK1LF to get 10% off any order of $50 or more. Or enter the code AFWRK2LF to get 15% off any order of $75 or more at LadyFootLocker.com. Hi, this is Ken Jones from the Prince of Ponds podcast. The frogs are shaking the shakers, the turtles are hitting the slapsticks, and the koi are blowing the trumpets. It's party time here at Prince of Ponds. Out under the swaying palm trees, the pond fairies are kicking up their heels and spinning in delight in the twilight. Here on Pet Life Radio, it's time to celebrate the magic of ponds, waterfalls, fountains, and water gardens at the Prince of Ponds podcast. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Darlene Sullivan and Matt Grossclose from Canine Partners for Life. And Matt, I promised before the break that I was going to give you an opportunity to speak. Darlene, I just love listening to her. She's so passionate. But we want to make sure that we hear from you too, Matt. And I know that you've got a lot going on with Canine Partners for Life and creating awareness and and lots of activities. So do you want to share with us some about the work that you're doing? That's correct. We have a lot of things going on here at Canine Partners for Life. Uh, I've been in this position a little over six months right now, and uh, Darlene and the board decided that they wanted to bring a marketing person in to raise more awareness about this organization. We talked about how we're located in rural Chester County here in Pennsylvania. We're one of the best. There's uh, kind of a small niche of people that know about us, and we're trying to get us out and make ourselves more mainstream. We've done uh, a lot of changes, and we have a lot more coming. We've revitalized our newsletter. We've gone full color, send that out to our constituents. Uh, We have a brand-new website that we're starting, and that's going to be more favorable for our donors to get onto, going to be more interactive and everything. Just thinking about all kinds of different ways to promote us. Uh, I've gone to a couple of sessions on social media. By utilizing Facebook and Twitter, there's so many different outlets that you can reach people nowadays. So I encourage people to like us on Facebook and just search Canine Partners. 
Yeah, and I know I love checking your website because I always see information with your Facebook page and I love sharing and making sure that we get information out because you guys are always posting great stuff and great photos and fun things on there. So tell our listeners, Matt, what is your website address right now so that they can check it out and get more information and access your application? Sure thing, Marcy. Our website is k9forlife.org and that's the letter K followed by the number 9 and then the number 4, L-I-F-E, dot org. You just go on there and you can see more information about our full-service dogs, our seizure alert dogs, and our home companion dogs. And you can apply to the program. You can see what the application looks like and see what the credentials are. You submit that application and uh, we'll, get, we'll get back in touch with you and set up an interview. That's great. That's wonderful information. Okay, thank you so much for sharing that. And and we'll give that website again at the end of the show. So don't let us forget that, Matt, because we really want people to know how to find you and so that they can get more information and apply if they're interested. And you have a, a really vigorous volunteer program, don't you, Matt? That's correct. We have volunteers that come out and do demonstrations for us, volunteers that just come out to our location and help wash dogs, uh, walk dogs, work some of our many special events. Uh, we have a very good partnership going with Deerfield Fine Wines. We do some wine tasting with them. Uh, also, Giggy Bites in Chadsford, Pennsylvania. We have various events for them. But one of our biggest things to get the word out to folks here in the area is our fall open house and Cal Bingo. We have people out here, and they're able to see our facility, see Darlene and Ripley do a service dog demonstration, and just kind of find out more about this organization. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Well, and Darlene, tell us about Ripley, because you have your own service dog. So tell us about Ripley. I do. You know, it was, uh, we were about eight and a half years into the organization when I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. People usually think that I founded Canine Partners because I needed a service dog, but in fact, I never thought I would need one of the dogs that we were producing. And I'd been sleeping for 22 hours a day for four months straight when we realized something was going to have to change. So Nelson came into my life at that point. He worked with me for nine years. Ripley's a yellow lab. She's quite a character. She's a very sensitive dog. She's a ball-playing, ocean-swimming maniac. <laughs> um, and, her, and her job is, you know, to people ask, well, how does she help you with chronic fatigue syndrome? And she's sort of my battery. I'm supposed to use as little physical exertion as possible. So when I'm walking, she's actually pulling me along as I'm walking so that I'm using less energy. And she's doing a lot of the typical service dog skills like retrieving dropped objects. When I'm in my scooter, she's pushing door buttons and paying cashiers. She loves to do the laundry. That's one of her favorite tasks to put, you know, open the washer door and put the laundry in and pull it out, put it in the dryer and shut that door. She's providing a lot of balance and support for me. And she's just, she's amazing. She's a funny dog. (laughs) <laughs> um, she's seven years. She's, she's seven years old now, and um, so we've really settled into our partnership and found ourselves, I think, as a team. Yeah, yeah. Whistle is six and a half, and I think you're so uh, right. When you hit that five years old, that's really yeah. to me when they're really at their prime. That five yeah, to I seven. Agree. I've given Ripley a fair amount of gray hair. Have you given Whistle some gray hair? Yes, Whistle great <laughs> so early. Yeah, he did. I I told him Miss Clairol can take care of that, but but he did. 
It's hard and gray, isn't it? It's, yes. it's a little tough to take. <laughs> yes. Well, I can only imagine what a role model you are, Darlene, for the participants that come to your program, for them to see you and Ripley in action and to see the possibility. Do you do a lot of demonstrations for your classes? We do. I, we are forever showing them what you should do and, and even demonstrating what you shouldn't do sometimes. Um, and I think one of the biggest learning experiences I can share with them was, you know, when Nelson had to retire and then when he passed away, to be able to share with them the agony, for lack of a better word, of, you know, making all those decisions and grief that you feel when it's happening, that you really, I had no idea until I had gone through it, exactly what those emotions were going to be. And and I think that's a big part of what I can share with them. Yeah, I tell people that also, you know, the joy of getting your assistance dog is one of the happiest days of your life. But one of the saddest days of your life is going to be when you have to retire your dog and then ultimately say goodbye to your dog when they pass away. And I didn't realize how difficult that was going to be myself when I got my first dog. But that's so, so fabulous that you can share that insight with your participants because it is really... As you know, that's a pretty daunting yeah. experience. Yeah. Yes, it is. And and I guess I never appreciated that you actually grieve twice. You know, you grieve, I think, when you retire the dog because you're grieving the ending of the partnership, and then you grieve again when you lose the dog. So it is, it's excruciating, but it's yeah. so worth it. Oh, you it know? is. And I, would, I know. Do it again in a heartbeat, Me you know, too. because what they give you is, is so important. It is. It is. It's it's just, it's hard to articulate it. And it's also hard to articulate the loss that you will experience. But you're right. It is worth it. And it's great that we can support each other in sharing that because it is hard for other people to really understand that bond and that experience between the two of you. Yeah. You know, I always tell people I'm, I'm with my service dog 24 hours a day. I'm not with my husband 24 hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It really is a unique relationship that you have with, with a service dog. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, and Canine Partners for Life is really a leader in the assistance dog industry. And you guys are voting members of Assistance Dogs International, right? We are. And and we're really proud of our membership. We've been members for 21 years and we just uh, last year went through our reaccreditation, so we've been accredited twice now. I've served under board of directors for many years as the secretary and have been on the North American branch's board of directors and really value ADI and try to promote ADI and, and to promote other organizations to become members of ADI because it, it really is important to this industry that we meet the standards and ethics that have been set for the for this industry. If we're going to do this, we need to do it well. And ADI is the way to make that happen. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I know so many people want to train their dogs themselves or they want to get someone else to train it. And I always refer them to ADI because I'm like, there are standards and ethics that you really need to be aware of and make sure that whoever you're working with is aware of those that is so important. Not only the physical commands that you want a dog to do, but also the public access and all of those standards and ethics that go along with that are just so important. 
Absolutely. And, and it's important to know that you're going to have follow-up because, as you know, when you finish team training, that's, you're not done. <laughs> you still have a lot to learn, and you're going to need support down the road to help you get through it, particularly if you're you know, a first-time partner. And so um, that's one of the areas that Canine Partners is really focused on is our follow-up program and the services that we provide when, pe- when people walk out the door. I really think that's when the relationship just begins. You know, it, it's important that an organization be there to support the people that have their dogs and, and continue to make sure that they're performing safely and effectively yeah. as a team. Yeah. And how often do you recertify your teams? Or tell us more about your follow-up services. We do. It's an interesting program. During the first year, our graduates are required to either come to six graduate support classes here at Canine Partners or attend 12 hours of training with an obedience trainer in their area. They take a certification test, which is a combination of the ADI test, which I didn't think was quite enough, so we added a Canine Partners component to it so that it's actually two tests. Um, And those are working tests with your dog. They're not written tests. They take that right before they graduate, a year later, and then every two years after that if things are going well. They receive a monthly report in the mail, every or a six-month report in the mail every six months where they evaluate their dog, tell us how they're doing, let us know what we can do to be supporting them, and with that, they include their veterinary records, their rabies certificate, and their dog license. And the trainers here receive dozens of emails every day from our teams, questions, sharing stories, everything. We really want them to feel that we're here to support them and uh, to make the partnership successful for them. Yeah, that's so important. That's wonderful that that you provide that much. That's a lot of of attention and direct service to folks, which is expensive. How do you generate funding to support all of that? Well, you know, all of our funding is coming from donations, mostly individuals, some corporations, some foundations. Uh, we have a development team here of, of five people, and I tell you, they work their tails off. It's a lot of work, but we feel that follow-up is, is one of the most critical components to this whole picture, and we are willing to invest a lot of money to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. And that's really what I believe makes a quality program and really makes a program sustainable is when you really do provide that that quality, that level of quality services. That's really commendable. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I can't believe that our time is running out today, but I want to make sure that we give that website again, Matt, if you could please tell our listeners how they can get more information about Canine Partners for Life. You can visit our website at www.caninforlife.org. That is letter K followed by the number nine, the number four, and then L-I-F-E dot org. And stay tuned for more information about the annual open house, right? That's correct. Coming up in September. Okay. Well, and I know your Facebook, like I said, you're on there, and we love following you on Facebook and liking Canine Partners for Life, and we hope that our listeners will do that as well. And I can't thank you, Darlene and Matt, enough for coming and being with us today, and we hope you'll come back soon and and keep us posted on all your progress. Thank you, Marcy. It was a pleasure to get to know you. <laughs> Thank you for having yeah. us. Yeah, well, and give Ripley a big hug for me. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> and tell Whistle we sent a tail wag his way. Okay, thank you. Whistle appreciates that. 
And we want to thank you, our listeners, for being with us today. And we hope that you will check out Canine Partners for Life of their website. And Whistle and I love getting your emails. So please keep those coming. And you know you can reach us at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Working Like Dogs and at International Assistance Dog Week. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being with you again soon. Take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.